Welcome to EarthWise, Reflections on Earth-Based Spirituality. I'm Anu Dudley with a piece about violets. When I was a child, I remember that my mother loved to receive a posy of violets in the spring. I was reminded of this recently when I noticed the violets had once again begun to bloom, and I became curious about the significance of violets. I learned there are 850 species of this plant in the Violacea family, ranging from the little flowers we know so well to shrubs and even to small trees. There are some 80 species of violets in the United States, and the violet is the state flower in New Jersey, Rhode Island, and Wisconsin. While the pansy is the most popular cultivated violet, the ones we see most often, the small purple or white flowers, are meadow violets, which thrive on the edge of fields and in damp woods. Violets are cleistogamous, meaning they are self-fertilizing. This plant wisdom enables the violet to be effortlessly prolific even in northern climates. While the violet flower is perfectly designed for easy visits by pollinating insects, the plant tends to bloom before it's really bee time. So the flowers are often blooming a little too early to be successfully pollinated. So violets grow a second set of inconspicuous flowers in the autumn after most pollinators are gone, and these flowers are self-fertilizing. Interestingly, in southern climes, this second set of buds develop into full-size flowers available for a second round of pollination, contributing to the violets' enduring presence not only in the European landscape, but also in myth and folklore. Violet is the diminutive form of viola, the Latin form of the Greek word ione. The myth goes that Zeus, the promiscuous chief god of the Olympians, turned the maiden Ione, with whom he had been copulating, into a white heifer to hide her from Hera, his wife. When Ione cried because she now had to eat grass, Zeus caused violets to grow so she could have sweet violets to eat. But Ione was originally just another form of Hera, who herself was the great cow mother whose milk fed the world. And Hera's favorite food was the violet, which she had created for her own pleasure. Interestingly, Hera, Juno, and all the world's mother goddesses had self-fertilizing abilities, just like the violet. The violet was an important source of medicine and food for our ancestors. Athenians apparently favored violets for moderating anger, strengthening the heart, and easing headaches caused by too much wine. Celtic women steeped violets in goat's milk to improve their complexions. Its dried flowers and leaves treated inflammation on sore throat. And we now know that violets are a source of salicylic acid, the active ingredient in aspirin. A popular recipe was syrup of violets, a nice palatable way to take one's medicine. A poultice of the whole fresh plant was applied to ulcers and skin abrasions. The heart-shaped leaves of the violet are high in vitamins A and C and have been eaten in salads since antiquity. The flowers are made into candy, jams, and jellies and are also used to make violet wine. Violets grow best in undisturbed environments where they thrive in a clean atmosphere. 
This is because the undersides of the leaves are covered with tiny hairs that catch dust and grit that can block their respiration pores. So you know healthy violets are growing in a healthy environment. This sensitivity gives violets the magical ability to protect. The violet's adaptable fertility also bestows prosperity, while whether material or professional, for it signals a healthy environment in which to grow. So hurry out into the meadow and pick yourself a posy of violets while they are still blooming, and enjoy the blessings of protection and abundance that violets and the goddess Ione bestow upon the knowing and the kind. Blessed be. You've been listening to Earthwise, Reflections on Earth-Based Spirituality. I'm Anu Dudley. <laughs>